I want you to pay very close attention today to the scripture. It'll be lengthy. I'm going to read it in, at the beginning of my message. But I want you to stay in tune to the scripture by hearing what Jesus said when he prayed right before the time came for him to die and to move on to be with the Father in heaven. Some of the most incredible things are in this passage. As we look at them together in these 17 verses, we don't have time to take verse by verse, but you will see even as I read it how very sensitive Jesus was that all of us that experience salvation would understand what it really means from God's viewpoint. When a person is born again and becomes a child of God, we call it saved or salvation. That begins at that moment when they invite Christ into their life. They are baptized because they're not ashamed of it. We're not to be ashamed of the gospel. But what most people do not realize is that when you are saved, God moves into your life if you are saved. Now, if you're going through some kind of church ritual, that's not salvation. Salvation is a new birth. It is a new beginning. And God begins to control your life. He has a plan for your life. He wants to lead you in a very particular road that he has planned for you. But in order to do that, you must understand that he is Lord. Amen. And you can't be saved and not permit him to be Lord. It is a new life. It is not an insurance policy that came for you free that wipes out all your sins. Now you're going to go to heaven. Now go live like the devil. Because you prayed the prayer and you said the words, you got baptized, you joined the church, so now I'm free and I can just go do anything and God's going to forgive me. Be careful about that. Be careful that you understand what it means to be saved. It does not mean to join a church. It does not mean to just say to people, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. A lot of people say they're Christians because they don't want to claim to be anything else. A lot of people say they're Christians and wisely so because Jesus is the only God that's alive. All other religions of the world now and in all of the past are dead. They are in a grave, dead, but Jesus is alive. But the purpose of this message, I'm entitling it God's strength, is our inheritance. We not only inherit heaven when we die, but we inherit a new life right now. Because when we become a born-again Christian, Jesus comes into the life of each of us through the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. He provides for us, he protects us, he guides us, and the list goes on and on as we will see in just a few moments. So would you listen carefully as I read these 17 verses from John chapter 17. Jesus is praying here for us. Keep that in mind as you hear the words. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify you. 
As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. He's talking about the Lord, about himself. And thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Very important scripture. And this, here it is, life eternal. That they might know thee, the only one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. Now, these are the words of Jesus. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Very interesting scripture. A lot of teaching in that one verse. I have manifested thy name unto the men, which thou hast gave me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. This is what Christians believe. Listen to it. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world. Listen. And now I am no more in the world. But these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they, that's us, might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, through thy truth, thy word is truth. May God bless this simple, powerful passage of Scripture. Why can't we get that simple truth? Why is it that we are so confused today about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Our Scripture, very simple. Here's how simple it is. It simply says we're God's children. We're God's children. If we're saved, we're born again. We're his kids. Father, Son, Holy Spirit belong to his kids. Now we got this way by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by his stripes we have been born again. Because of that, now please don't miss these simple points. We have, as believers, a special relationship to God. 
We're his kids. We're his children. He has for us a very clear plan. And he says, you carry out my plan and live the way I want you to live. Know my commandments. Keep my commandments. Do unto others as you would have others do unto me. Love others as I have loved you. You do that, and I am going to bless you and bless you and bless you till the last breath that you breathe, and then I'm bringing you home for all of eternity. If we walk with God, we have a peace that passes all understanding. Now, would you let me say that one more time? I did not say if we come to church and do good. Listen to what I said. If we walk with God, we have a joy and a peace that the world does not have. That's our big hiccup. That's our big hiccup. Most people that do not know the Lord would say, most people that they know that say they're Christians are not any different than they are. They just are like them. Their priorities, their emphasis, their language, where they go, what they do, how they act, all like the world. Yet they say that they're God's kids. Now that's the word that comes from the secular world. But God says, if I am in you, you can do all things through me. But you're going to want to know what those things are. Let me tell you how you know you study the inspired and errant and infallible Word of God. Amen. You don't take the Bible and put it on the shelf and put your hand on it once a day and say, God bless me with all these truths. You've got to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Now, in this chapter, for time's sake, let me go very quickly. Number one, Jesus is praying about fellowship, fellowship. Verse 11, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. See, Jesus said to the Father, as our relationship is, those that I bring to myself through my death on the cross and my resurrection, and through the simple invitation to come to Christ, those that come to me, I want to pass them to you. I want you to love them like you loved me. Fellowship. Fellowship. Number two, there's a separation. It's in verse 14. I have given them your word. And the world has hated. The them is us, folks. Let me go back again. I have given them thy word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world even as I, Jesus, am not of the world. Pretty strong, isn't it? What could you in 30 seconds tell somebody else that's different about you than an unbeliever? We've got to be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in us. We have to act, talk, and do things that others don't do. We have to deal with situations not like other people deal with them. That's what it says. Number three, verse 18, we're on a mission. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also sent them into the world. Who's to them? Us. Where'd he send us? I think that means on a vacation to go and see the world, go to Hawaii and go to the Holy Land and go to Africa. No, that's not what he's talking about. 
He's saying you need to go out and show lost people what it means to be saved. You need to go out and have a peace that passes all understanding. While they are self-destructing and drugging and alcohol and sex and immorality and cussing and carrying on, you are not like that. Not because you're better than them, but because there's somebody lives in you that doesn't live in them. But he wants to. He wants to. You create your own messes. I create my own. If I decide that I am going to do it my way, I get in trouble. It's not my will, Jesus said, but thine be done, Father. That should be our prayer as well. Does Jesus want you to pray? Does he want you to serve? Does he want you to give? Does he want you to come to church? What, what, what's the answer to that? Yes, 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 yes. Do you? Do you? We're on a mission. Verse 19 says that we're sanctified. And for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through truth. And then there's a destination. Verse 24. Father... I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me wherever I am. In other words, we go into salvation with a destination. We sing an old song, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I'm on my way to somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me to heaven's open door. We're not a part of this world. We're going to be with him forever and forever and forever. But listen, if you're saved, you're with him right now. Not like heaven. Certainly this is not heaven. The things we deal with here, we won't deal with in heaven. That'll be long left behind. The devil and his people take care of that. Lost church members will be there to tell them how to organize. We just have a gift of that. But if you go on and read what he said in this chapter... In verse 23, he goes on to say, I'm going to give you love. That the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. And verse 26 says, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. See, this is the secret, folks. It's very simple. Christ in us. Christ in us, Christ in us. Let your light so shine before men that they'll see the good works, but they'll glorify the one who's in us, the Father, the Father. And then in verse 22, I'm using the word in that verse, glory. Listen to what it says. And the glory which thou gave me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one, him and the Father. You know what the Lord wants of his kids? He wants us to get along and bring our spiritual gifts to the table, our resources to the table, and be one. That's what he wants. He doesn't want us to do our own thing. He does not want us to invent another religion. He's not looking for us to recreate the wheel. He's wanting us to be like him. And to deal with everything we deal with, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? You're going to be hearing a lot about a phrase here soon. I've mentioned it from time to time, but you're going to hear it more. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. 
Jesus is here. He's not in heaven sitting on a bench waiting us to come there. He is here in the person of the Holy Spirit to walk with us through whatever we're walking through. And we can either choose to do it God's way or we can choose to do it the world's way. God's way, you always win. The world's way, you always lose. For most, the reason that a person wants to yield to God or listen is because they want God to bless them. You get yourself in a mess and you get religious because I want you to bless me. I'm broke, I need money. I'm sick, I want help. I got problems in my life, I want you to solve them. Dear God, what do I do? I'm going to buy me a new Bible. I'm going to dust off the old Bible. I'm going to come to church at least once a month. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to pray when nobody's with me before I eat my hamburger. I, I mean, I'm going to be religious, God. Oh, God, you're going to be amazed. That won't cut it, folks. That's not what salvation is all about. When Jesus comes to live with you, you walk with God, and you'll be the happiest person on the planet. You disobey God, and you'll be the most miserable person on the planet. That's just the way it is. You don't get saved and get happy. You get saved, you get Jesus. And when you say, Jesus, I can handle this by myself. I've got a pretty good record. And you know the way we keep the record? We're doing better than most. So that's got to put us on the curve. I remember when they came out with that in school. I'm so old. It's already been mentioned about birthdays, so we might as well confess. <laughs> but I can remember when they started grading on the curve. Any of you that old? Yeah, so many had to fail, so many got A's, so many got B's, C's, D's, you know. I mean, I just don't go too far with that. But the point is, God doesn't grade on the curve. You're either in or you're out. You're either his kid or you're not. You're not second cousin, third removed. You know, you're not a stepchild. You are his. Or you still belong to the devil. You know, before you got saved, just like our little baby special one today. Before you got saved, you had a strong will. And guess what kind it was? F-L-E-S-H. Flesh. Gimme, right. gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. And I'm three. At 30, you're at the same time, doing the same thing. Want something for nothing. You want to get involved in all the things of the world. We make decisions in the flesh and what we, what we want is not what he desires of us. You see, you have to find out what God's up to and get in on it. You can't plan your itinerary. You can't plan your life. You can write out your will what to do after you're dead, but while you're alive, God writes the will. You've got to do what he wants you to do, not what you want to do. And if you live long enough and you do what you want to do, you find out it's a miserable existence. Amen. Not part of the time, all the time. All the time. When we are saved by the gift, though, of the blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit touches the will of the old flesh. That's called a new birth. Watch the baptistry. Watch the smiles. I finally did the right thing. I finally did what God wanted me to do. And now I have something money can't buy and death can't take away. Nor can you be taxed on it. And that's great. Here's the way Jesus taught us to pray. Father, not my will, 
but thine be done. You know what? If you don't pray that way, God can't bless you. He'll hear you, but he can't bless you. The only way you're ever going to be blessed, and I don't care who you are, it's only going to happen when you do it God's way. He is not wanting you to do anything other than to follow him. That's all he asks. That's all he asks. When we are convinced that God wants to bless us, his children, things are going to start happening for good. Things are going to start working together for good. When that job you lost or that thing that you gave up, whatever might have happened in your life, whenever you're walking with God, you know that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord, and things begin to happen that can change your life so much that even you can't look in the mirror and believe what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Can I tell you who your worst enemy is, though? You. You know the biggest problem I have in my life? Me. I know in whom I have belief. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And I've lived long enough now to know that when I stumble and fall doing my own will, I know who to run to. And I run to the Father through the Son and through the power of the Holy Spirit. I can be what God wants me to be. God has all the joy. But every Christian doesn't have all the joy. Some of you have just enough joy to stay awake. When you're reading the Bible, hearing it preached. I mean, some of you have trouble staying awake during the song service. When everybody else is standing, you know. But what you have to come to in your life is total, complete surrender. You, God, I don't want to do it my way anymore. I've tried all my ideas, and they all fell flat on their face. Now I'm going to do it your way. Now, the younger you can do that, the better off it is, but you never get too old. Unless you've committed the unpardonable sin. I'm not going into that right now. But I've preached on that to you before. But you cannot, the unpardonable sin, you can't reject Jesus and be happy and holy and productive. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. God can give us good things. And you know what we do because of our attitude? They go sour. God can bless some of us. God can give you money. And you can blow it. I mean, that's a common thing. God can give you good health. And you can ruin it. God can give you a good reputation. And you can destroy it. He wants to bless you. And when you let him take control of your life, wonderful things are going to happen to you. Amen. And even the thief on the cross that was the epitome of procrastination gave his heart to God a few seconds before he died. That's not the way you want to go. You want to take up your cross and follow Jesus beginning right now. But you know, folks, so many Christians are just rebelling against God these days. The Christians are. Our churches are going this way. Bible sales, this way. 
It just, I mean, it goes on and on and on. The time on television, the time on radio, time on Facebook, go whatever you want to go, down, down, down. But it's prophesied in the scripture that in the last days that would happen. But I'm not talking about the world as a whole. I want to talk to you as an individual. What are you going to do with your life? If Jesus were to come today, today, would you be going to heaven with him? Or would you be going or waiting to spend eternity in hell? Or are you in the twilight zone? I'm not sure. If you're not sure, let some of us help you. Because you can be. And you can say, I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded he's able to keep it right. You know, a lot of churches don't have any joy anymore. I finally figured out why. Because the people that make them up don't have any joy. I mean, you get a bunch of deadheads together, you just got a bigger deadhead. <laughs> you know? I'm telling you, there's churches that their number one gift is a gift of criticism. I mean, they hit the street. Somebody got my parking place, somebody got my seat. You know, I don't know what kind of song it was. I had to sit up, get down, I don't know. Meow, 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 meow. God don't like that, folks. And we wonder, you know, you get sometimes what you brought on yourself. But I'll tell you one thing, when you decide to follow Jesus, he's going to take you to places you never did, and you're going to enjoy things you never enjoyed, and you're going to be happier than you've ever been. Because God is in charge. The world doesn't offer very much to satisfy us. I've lived long enough to know that. And you know what? What the world has, they're running out of it. What the world has, they're running out. I mean, you can get people so high, drugs, drinking, movies, sex, name it. But finally, it gets boring. How many times have I heard that word from this generation? It's boring. Let me tell you something, my dear friend. If you'll follow Jesus, listen, you will never have another minute of your life that's boring. Now, they're not going to all be sweet, sweet, sweet. But they're not going to be boring. God will get your attention. Now, you can either turn it over to God yourself or God can deal with it. But what I think we want for each other is for us to just simply call upon the name of the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Be willing to forsake and change and go with him. And some of the happiest people in this room right now are people that got saved as adults. They came to know Jesus after blowing a whole lot of their life. But one day they woke up and discovered only Jesus satisfies. Amen. The only one that's going to go with you every hour, whether you're awake or whether you're asleep. So why don't you today begin to commit yourself to the Lord? Well, why don't you give your heart to Jesus? Can you give God the Father one excuse that he will accept for you're not trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and letting him take you, the creator of you, and use you for the purpose he created you to be? Why can't you do that? There is no argument 
other than the power of Satan and his demons. And everything in this world is full of demons today. Anything you do, anywhere you go, you can't leave here and go to another country. The devil will help you unload. But God still has a plan for you. I want to ask you another very personal question. Are you afraid to do it? Are you afraid to commit your life to the Lord? You say, I just don't think I can live it. God didn't say that you live it. He said, you let me live it. I will live my life through you. All you have to do is let go and let me. So, so the question is, are you afraid? What are you afraid of? You're not happy. You're miserable. You're lonely. You're broke. You're sick. You're sorrowing. You're angry. What do you got to lose? What you have to lose is the chains that Satan has put around you, some of you for many, many years, but you can let go and let God have his wonderful way. We live on the Houston Ship Channel. We're the number one port in the nation. Didn't know that. Also didn't know that the Chinese owned 60% of the Houston port. I didn't know that either. Just a little trivia there along the way. But I know enough about the port to know something. I was raised on the port. I was raised in the past tense. There when Washburn Tunnel opened up and the governor was there to go through in his limousine, the guy came through in a motorcycle. Ruined the whole opening of the Washburn Tunnel. <laughs> but you know, it might be unusual for some, not very many, but there might be for some. But the people that bring the boats into the port of Houston are called pilots. He said, no, no, no. Pilots fly airplanes. They do that, but they also bring in a boat. Now let me tell you what a pilot is. When a boat comes to Houston, there is a captain. He is in charge of that boat. But before he ever enters the port of Houston and comes down this channel, and I live on the channel, and 1,500 boats a, a month come down, I'm told, I think it's greater than that. That's an old figure. But let me tell you what happens. A pilot is taken out to the ship. He is brought onto the ship, sometimes by helicopter, sometimes by boat. And there is a moment when the captain of the boat says to the pilot, you're in charge. And from that moment until it lands in dock, the man that brought it over here is not in control. He must submit to the pilot. That's what we have to do. We've come this far in control, but it's time to invite the pilot to come on board. Otherwise, you're going to crash the ship. And when you crash the ship, you're going to tear down the dock. And when you tear down the dock, you're going to stop up the Houston Ship Channel. And about then, we're going to be on television. <laughs> but you know what I'm preaching for you to do today? Welcome the, the pilot into your life. Call the one that created the heavens and the earth to help you get through it. To get through it the highs and the lows. God wants to take control of your life right now and guide you safely home. That's his job, get you home safely. And along the way, to bless you with heaven's best.
Only God knows what is happening in the lives of us here. Those of you watching, those that are listening, only God knows what's going on in your life. But based on what you know, would you like a new start? Has there ever been a time when you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life? Or has it just been a religious trip and you haven't enjoyed most of the journey? That's for you to ask. You may have health issues, drug addiction, alcohol, divorce, bankruptcy, unemployment, fear, even death, and we could go on and on and on. Doesn't make any difference. All of it is a result of sin. But there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. And so I want you to look at that 15th verse one more time. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil one. God's not wanting to kill you. He's wanting to bring life to you. He's wanting to use you in this world. He's wanting to bless you right now. Jesus wants to place us in the company of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and to surround us with that and then finish well and finish well. For the past 78 years, I've seen thousands of people saved, literally hundreds of thousands. I have seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And I've seen people walk the aisles, I've seen them raise their hand. But I've also lived long enough to see young people grow up and, and leave God out of their life. I've seen adults drop out of church. I've seen givers become takers. I've seen those that smile become bitter. I've seen those that couldn't wait for another day. I've seen them become those that had to have drink every day or some kind of drug just to face the day. Listen, folks, there's only thing that's consistent is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He's the only one who knows where we're going, and he's the only one who can take us there. And if you get off on any other trail, you're in trouble, serious trouble. And some of you are already there. Jesus knows where he's leading and what he's trying to make you become a new creature in Jesus Christ. And if you today will allow God to come into your life, he will take over. And you know where we're going? Heaven. Say it with me. Heaven. I'm bound for the promised land. Heaven. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Why? We're bound for heaven. And what a day, glorious day that will be. But folks, make sure that the pilot's in control. Otherwise, you're going to make the...